A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Matchball. December the 8th, 1990, and the first return fixture of this 1990-1991 season, the Matchball 30, brought to you by Levi Solicitors. 30 years on to the day as we chart the journey from promotion through to winning the league title in 1992. And where do we start with this one then? One of the biggest away clashes of the entire season of many years. The shower of bastards in the other team. Should we do that then? Okay, the shower of bastards line up like this. I mean, it starts off with a, with a mega bastard. Les Seeley in goal. Although, as I think we've discussed previously, he does shout at the other bastards, so kind of soft spot. Dennis Irwin at fullback. Turned his back on Leeds, hate him. Steve Bruce, Gary Pallister at centre-half. Just rubbish. Awful. One old woman, the other one's too tall and from Middlesbrough. So <laughs> trying to, I think he grew that high because he was trying to get to fresh air, but it never worked. Any thoughts on Clayton Blackmore? Um, too handsome. Great. Lee Sharp? Well, he came to Leeds in the end but didn't do enough to justify costing as much as Thomas Brolin. Same fee, same result. Thought he was very handsome, didn't he, Lee Sharp? Well, he was popular with the ladies, wasn't he, for a time? Certainly around Leeds. Took him a while to come out from uh, Clayton Blackmore's shadow. Neil Webb also cast quite a shadow in his later years. Famously, around this time was when the Mary Whitehouse experience previewed the 1994 World Cup, so it would have been a little bit later, and they uh, did an American accent and said... They were giving all the players nicknames in the England squad. They said, Neil Webb, nickname, the shit. <laughs> Never forgotten that years and years later. What about Mike Phelan? Um, should be in that old looking footballers quiz on Twitter. The shit Wallace, Danny? A lot of respect for his brothers. Brian McClare. Nicknamed Chocky. Get out. Just fuck off. Didn't score any goals either, which just made it worse. Like you could respect a good player, but not him. And this one annoys me because I watched the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation last night and anybody who's familiar with these films will know that Clark W. Griswold, his wife's nickname for him is Sparky. Mark Hughes as well, sharing that same moniker. And we may as well like just clear up just straight away. Yes, Chris White was booked for a heavy challenge on Mark Hughes. Of course it happened. And of course Mark Hughes will have barely been touched. Cheap bastard. One, one thing I noticed from this scum team versus the one that I came to know like three or four years later this team's a lot worse. Like It's got some quite rubbish players in it as this. Like, I'm going to, without seeing much of Les Seeley, he was kind of still their reserve when I started watching football. I'm going to take a bet that Peter Schmeichel was better than him. And Leeds United's lineup, John Lukic, who certainly was better than all of them. The getting to become a settled back four now with Sterling, Fairclough, White and Haddock, who's tucking in at left back last couple of games. Famous four across midfield in the form of Gordon Strachan returning to Old Trafford, of course. Gary McAllister, Gary Speed, David Batty, and then up front, Carl Schutt and Lee Chapman with Andy Williams and John Pearson on the bench. 
And Gordon Strachan's return to Old Trafford does give us some absolute prime Wilco before the game because we, uh, it was um, Alex Ferguson basically kicked him out. So it's his old club and his old boss. And Howard Wilkinson said, a lot of people thought that when Gordon left there, he was leaving for a nice, comfortable retirement in a cosy rest home. But instead of that, he's going back to Old Trafford with a very flourishing maternity unit and showing no signs of monkey gland treatment. At which point, I think somebody dragged Howard off the stage and said, Put the opium down, Howard. Has he been impregnating people? I don't know whether he has a, a sideline just managing a maternity ward or what that means. Or, I mean, is he trying to imply that the rest of the Leeds United team is, this is like an early version of how uh, David O'Leary and his babies, such youngsters as John Lukic, Mel Sterland and, <laughs> and Peter Haddock. Yeah, I don't really know what happened to Howard halfway through that quote, but I enjoyed it. And we had um, some familiar faces checking on things around the away end. Who's this chap? There's an Alan Roberts who everyone will remember, uh, who's over a particular vintage for his his splendid beard, a much better beard than Ken Bates ever had, I think, in my opinion. And a chap called Peter, who's he? He made the decision to go into the away end, didn't he, to keep an eye. And knowing what we know of Peter now, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he wore uh, some high-vis to do this. Fully dressed, might have even made himself a little badge, a little a little trouble spotter badge or something. I think that they were trying to, uh, this was Peter Ridsdale, is there, in case anybody didn't get the decisions reference, and it's the attempt of the board. Leslie Silver and Bill Fotherby had tried and failed to get into the away end at Coventry just to see what the fans go through, and they'd sent Alan Roberts and Peter Ridsdale in the, the away end this time. Ridsdale, I think, is more of a more of a full kit wanker type. I think I could picture him going to the away end at Old Trafford in full. Exactly what the, the, the players will be wearing, the yellow top man shirt, shorts and socks. Tracksuit as well over the top, full tracksuit. 100%. But the, bearing in mind the weather um, for this match, that would probably have been ill-advised. Well, it was a risk going over to this game and I did go to this game and I went with my mum and my dad across the Pennines and anybody who's familiar with that Trans-Pennine crossing will know it's, it's a bit bleak up there over the tops as you get across into Lancashire. I mean, it's bleak all the way down the other side as well, to be fair, hey? However, it was very, very cold. There was a, a cold snap had crossed Britain for this weekend. So there was a little bit of doubt about whether everybody would actually make it to this game, but most of the Leeds fans got there. Yeah, the figures given in the end, 3,000 out of 3,400 Leeds fans made the journey. The gate was eventually given as 41,000, but there's some question of massaging figures because the assessment at kickoff was that only 30,000 had actually made it in. So it was supposed to be a sellout, but the weather was that bad that a lot of people just, I mean, this is the days when a football ticket was cheap enough that you could sort of decide whether or not to take the journey without thinking, well, we did mortgage everything we own to go to this game. So people did decide not to do it, but a lot of people went and uh, unfortunately they ended up in the absolute arse end of Salford. No getting away from that, unfortunately. But the arse end of Salford had a different pitch to Ellen Road and it was noted by Gordon Strachan. Yeah, he said it was quicker and that it took some getting used to that. And also they were using a different brand of ball, which is typical scum. Of course, they have their own sponsorship deal for a different ball. They can't just have a, a standard mitre delta at Old Trafford. No, no, no. We're better than that. We have to have our own special balls. Um, it does seem odd these days that you'd be allowed to have a different ball. Like, we know, we, we brought our own. Can we see it before? Nope. I don't know. You'll, you'll, you'll see. You'll see when we get on the pitch. Those boxing gloves are very heavy. Why, why does it sound like you've got, like, I don't know, a horse's shoe in there? It's always the scum exception. I mean, this is a fast forward, but remember when 
we weren't allowed to have Jimmy on the back of Hasselbank shirts, but a Yordi Cruyff could have Yordi. Just favouritism. And oh, we want to play with our special balls. Wankers. <laughs> and play with their special balls they did, etc., etc. Uh, we were under pressure at the start of this game. For all they don't look like a good team, they're not a bad team, scum. And um, obviously this had the the long, long time since we'd won at Old Trafford. Lukic, still in absolutely brilliant form, saved from Wallace, Danny obviously, and um, and then Hughes had a shot that uh, Chris White did very well to get off the line. Carl Schutz had um, one of his best ever games, according to Harold Wilkinson, and he had loads of shots at Sealy and stuff, but no goals at half-time. There was a swashbuckling feel to this game. It was kind of, it had that, that big game feel in the same way that Everton did in the bright sunshine in August, but in the depths of winter here in Old Trafford under the lights. It was, as much as you would hate to admit it, because it's that sewer over in Salford, it had something special about it, did this one. The away end that night, from the footage of it, it looks very much like you've got Man United fans about a metre away from you. Yeah, that- who, who thought that was a good idea? That's right, we were in the, the terrace behind the goal, so to the right, as you look at it, when the cameras are on it. And we were in that terrace, and I'm yeah, we, we had them behind us in, in the seats. They seem to have left maybe three rows of seats, and then I'd guess for, you can only see kind of half of the pitch when it shows it, but they maybe got like a dozen stewards to deal with the full away end of people, stopping them crossing the threshold. It seems quite risky. Did it feel risky? I was only, what, at this time? 12 and a half. But did you go steaming into people is what I'm saying? Yeah, I took a few of them down, you know, lobbed some some pool balls backwards behind me over my shoulders. No, it's, yeah, but it was par for the course. I mean, that's the thing that you forget having grown up in the 80s when football, it was running the gauntlet a lot of the time. Even when you were there as a family, it was a bit of a risky business. It felt safe enough, but I mean, I remember... I've seen your dad though, he looks hard. So I'd (laughs) I'd feel safer if I was with your dad. But hilariously... Um, as the fanzine seller at Ellen Road for many years, Michael, you'll appreciate this. Accidentally bought a copy of Red Issue outside instead of the program. I've sold many an issue of a of Square Ball to an away fan. So that you can see him look, opening it as they as they walk off, and you stop. Just turn away. Just don't. Just don't look at them. Yeah. If I don't give you any eye contact, it's yours forever. That kind of thing. Well, fans also kind of above the away end at this time at Old Trafford as well. So it's it's not just a question of whether people are going to attack side to side, but it's very much all dependent on how far people can throw coins and lighters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very much within missile striking distance. Not that we would ever encourage anything like that. But then, you know, we saw the Nets dividing that big terrace at Man City earlier in the season, That talking about that that and, you know, wondering why that was there. And actually, you realise when things are being lobbed through it. I mean, coins can make it through a large net. However, a large net does catch big fish. So it prevented those being thrown. <laughs> you can't throw a man. That about the size, but yes, it's that's, hard to get a full man through a net. That's basically the, uh, the the safety precautions that have been taken. Well, they, they won't be able to throw each other through that, but we can't do anything about coins. Well, it was a swashbuckling end-to-end game. Very exciting, very nervous, as you would experience it as a Leeds fan. And into the second half, then, off we go. The scoring is underway, except it's just not for us. It's a shit goal, is this, as well. Lee Sharp does well. I'll give him some credit. We should maybe look at signing him if he ever becomes available but he does well to get past Batty and, and Sterling over on the left wing but then he crosses to the edge of the box where Webb hits it and it's a terrible shot it hits it straight into the ground it's going no it barely would have made the goal somehow and then it just goes off McAllister's arm I think or maybe his thigh or something it's it's quite un- untidy looking but they take the lead and it's wrong yeah as I said before Neil Webb the shit everybody laughed because everybody knew it was true but we weren't behind for too long because upstepped Mel Sterland with what in many ways was one of his defining characteristics, as well as those marauding runs down the uh, 
on the overlap down the right-hand side of the pitch, twatting the ball into the net dead hard from miles out. I mean, Roberto Carlos became famous for it, but I think Mel Sterling got there first, didn't he? The old just just hit it really, really well, hard. Roberto Carlos used to show off by putting spin and bend on it, and Mel didn't. He just twatted it in. Now, there was actually spin and bend on this free kick. It's hard to tell because it goes very low, but I remember distinctly one of the first things I learned about football was how to kick a football by Mel Sterland. And he said, John Lukic had told him that you get a little bit more swerve and you'll deceive somebody if you kick the ball through the valve. So he'd set this free kick up with the valve, put his foot through it, and it just had that little bit of je ne sais quoi, as I believe Mel Sterland would say, to get it past Les Seeley into the corner. So it explains where fake Ronaldo got that technique from. Doesn't it? Because that was his uh, his modus operandi from was, Mel Sterling yeah. from John Lukic. Yep, handed down from legend to legend. <laughs> yeah. What I will say is, um, I was right behind this ball as it went into the net, and it was a lovely moment. There's nothing quite like that when you, know, you never quite know, do you, when you're getting away ticket exactly where you're going to be? And bearing in mind this was a terrace, so it was you know a bit of potluck. Being right behind the goal and central was beautiful, and I can remember being very excited and possibly maybe did I swear at the people behind me? Wouldn't like to say. Can't remember. It looks great as they way end. It must be said when this goes in, it it properly just bounces in waves and waves. It's and it, it's the proverbial limbs. Yeah, in a way that you don't you don't get anymore. When people say limbs these days, there's chairs in the way. This looks more more surgy. It looks great. And also, I mean, I don't know who it is exactly who's charging out of the scum wall. But by the time it hits this, there's someone more or less slide tackling him, and the ref, I presume, would have just let them get away with it. But they don't get near it anyway. Nice to know that Ferguson wasn't a bitter bastard about this anyway. No, I mean, the game after that kind of, it it stayed tense and nervous and ended as a, a 1-1 draw after the uh, um, the draw earlier in the season, which I can't remember if it was 1-1 or 0-0 earlier in the season. Was it 0-0? Chapman didn't score, did he? Correct. So it was 0-0. So we're taking two points off the scummers. Um, but yeah, Ferguson, well, I mean, we could probably, we've got the audio, haven't we? It was Billy, was it Billy Connolly before? Yes. Yeah. I feel like he needs more drunkenness. I felt these are all the work a bit off side game. Someone's going to murder them one day. If they keep playing like that. I mean, that's such a Ferguson thing to say, isn't it? Someone's going to murder them one day. Yeah, but it wasn't your side, was it, Dick? Well, it does beg the question of why, if somebody is going to murder Leeds United one day, if they keep playing like that, why wasn't it today? Why wasn't it Danny Wallace and Brian McClare and Mark Hughes and Lee Sharp? And the only goal you actually got was Neil Webb, where the offside situation didn't even come into it, and Mark uh, McAllister put the ball in there anyway. Which is such a, yes, somebody's going to beat them, but not us. We're happy with the point. What? Doesn't make any sense, idiot. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. That takes care of our two trips to Manchester in the top flight anyway, because we're not quite done there yet. As we approach Christmas, there is more fun to be had over the Pennines. Yeah, this took place straight after the uh, Southampton game last week. And unsurprisingly, the report says that um, a number of our players, such as Gordon Strachan, Gary McAllister, David Batty, Carl Schultz, were ruled out through injury for the Guinness Soccer Sixes tournament at the GMEX Centre. This is the first I'd ever heard of this. I went to this again. And can I just ask, what the fuck? Why? Why was this happening? We're not, I mean, soccer Sixes has kind of persisted as a thing. You can occasionally see it on like the sports channels when they've got nothing to show. Like It's been on Sky Sports and Eurosport, hasn't it? I know, like... The Masters football, I remember that, but that was retired it's, players. This yeah, is this is thing, yeah. top level players going to play on what is essentially a bit of carpet laid on the on a concrete floor in the middle of a season. But you got seven and a half thousand pounds for entering, and if you didn't name a strong squad, the football league or the FA, I can't remember which, did threaten to withhold that seven and a half thousand pounds from you. <laughs> I just it's strange in these days of Jurgen Klopp complaining about too many games. Players just going to run around a sports hall, more or less, without shin pads on. It is great. I mean, uh, Gordon Strachan, in his weekly column, does mention he thinks we're playing too much football and he refers to the the Zelta Data Systems Cup and he says, you know, I'm sure the sponsors are putting in a lot of money, but it's not really a, a very good competition. And and, um, and it's tiring. We've seen the number of games that, that Strachan keeps playing for us, but this was a, a, little, a little break from him. It came about because uh, we got banned from Europe so this was kind of like, well, if we can't go and play uh, European teams in the European Cup, we'll have something that's even better. Aston Villa versus Luton, six <laughs> aside. In a, Live from Armley Sports Centre. <laughs> and it was um, it was a reasonable success for a, a while. And it is surprising the strength of the teams that were actually put out. Not Leeds' team. Leeds were in a group in this. So it's a, it's a six aside tournament but that um, was on sports night. And also I think some of the games may have been shown live. And we were in a group with Norwich and Southampton, and the lead squad was uh, were these legends: Glyn Snodden, Imre Varadi, John Pearson, Andy Williams, Dylan Kerr, Simon Grayson, Chris O'Donnell, Daryl Franklin, Darren Edmonds. And because because it's six aside and it's indoors, so the, the goals are quite small. It was perfect for Neil Edwards, who was our reserve uh, goalkeeper. We was third choice. Now we've got John Lukic, but he was only about five foot nine. So it was the the striking thing. Went on to have a decent career at uh, Stockport, but yeah, we beat Norwich. Ferrari Pearson and Simon Grayson with a rare goal for Leeds. Um, I'd love to see the footage of this. Rule Fox for Norwich. 2-0-0 with Southampton. Imagine a 0-0 six-a-side game. Were you, were you at this tournament? Yeah. What was the 0-0 like? Can't remember. Exactly. 
I have to say, by the way, Moscow, you referred to it as the Zelta Delta Data Systems Cup or something a little earlier on when I think you meant the Zenith Data Systems Cup, but we'll let that one slide. Zelta Data Zenith Zelta Data. Delta You Delta. try buying a computer off them tomorrow, <laughs> see how, how far you do. And then um, the playoff against Aston Villa, David Platt had been injured. That's the, the, the great thing about this. So David Platt, England's David Platt did get injured in Carpet this. burn. So couldn't play in the playoff. Stuart Gray and Tony Cascarino scored. Ferrari scored for us. We got another £7,500 for getting to that playoff match um, and losing to Aston Villa. But the first prize of £52,000 went to Luton for beating Liverpool 4-0 eventually. Luton more or less cheating to win this because they were used to this kind of a surface, weren't they, I guess, which will have been an advantage to them. They denied it, actually. Their manager, Jim Ryan, was asked exactly that question and he said, no, no, that's completely relevant. What's relevant, he said, was that he'd played indoor soccer in America. So he'd been able to do, to coach the players specifically um, to win this big, big, big prize. We had Chris White. Why was wow. he not helping? Injured, wasn't he? He was injured. Could have helped out though. Could have coached with his, what team did he play for? He played for the Los Angeles Lasers I mean, and uh, the, I think the New York Express as well. I think it was the New York Express who went bust mid-season. So that's, yes. how, that's how successful that was. The uh, the Nizzle, the National Indoor Soccer League, whatever it was. Well, they needed to import the stars of, of Luton, who did genuinely play their uh, their first team, essentially only six of them at a time, obviously. Um, and then it's interesting to look from there to the weekend's results. Um, following this, Luton drew 1-1 with top of the table Arsenal, while Liverpool, who must have been tired out from the whole thing, lost to Nottingham Forest 2-1, despite um, having... a uh, I mean, those dates look very confusing. I'm now doubting the veracity of the um, of the fixture list that I have in front of me. Appears to have the, the Nottingham Forest result from the 6th of May 1991, which can't be right. Let's just assume that these things did happen <laughs> and that Forest beat Liverpool, whether it was a year later or this very weekend. Um, something happened to them both. This was the last time this tournament was played, wasn't it, as well? Because I, I looked it up after this. I think maybe the Premier League came along and there was enough money around that £7,500 to take part in a tournament in a sports centre was not necessarily worth having anymore. I mean, it's an old, it's an old train shed, isn't it? The GMAX. It used to be a station in Manchester. That's all it is. A, a basically, <laughs> derelict train station. The old lines still underneath <laughs> if you if you fell through the chipboard that had been laid over them. There's not much more uh, love from um, Howard Wilkinson for our FA Cup draw, though, talking about pointless games. Who did we get? Oh, bloody Barnsley. Of course we did. Oh, yeah, Barnsley. Barnsley away. I mean, memories of the, the hiccup just before promotion, it's still in the memory. That haunted us for many years and still does. And so it's only a few a few months ago at this point and Wilkinson um, not pulling any punches. From a professional point of view, it's an awful draw. We're away from home against a good team and a good manager and on a small ground. It's a good job. We are optimists. We are in the top division. I mean, that's Will. That's Wilco being happy, isn't it? It's his optimism, yes, about our, our awful draw. We've got Sunderland coming up in a few weeks as well, talking about cold, wintry, exposed places. I mean, Roker Park is close to the sea and is exposed. It's very, very chilly. To anybody who ever was lucky slash unlucky enough to attend a game there, you were never warm at Roker Park. So we might not have to go even though we could probably take loads. Well, Bill Fotherby is uh, is getting ready to save everybody the trouble with a big screen spectacular of beanback at Elland Road, which they had done a few of in the second division and 
ended up making a financial loss. And also the first one they ever did was the uh, Middlesbrough away game when there was the crush at Essen Park. So mm. it, it, it cut off. Oh, was it that as well? Were you at the beanback or at the, at the crush? Yes. Right. So yeah. the, the people at the beanback just saw loads of Leeds fans being crushed in the corner of um, Ayrson Park yeah. about a year after the Hillsborough disaster and then the, um, the the screens went dead and stopped showing anything. I was It was about four or five months after the Hillsborough disaster. It was bloody terrifying as a younger man. Good times. Look, look, well, we're in the first division now. We've yeah. left it all behind and hopefully uh, Fotherby thinks he can make a profit off of his, um, his beanbacks because he hopes to turn this match on the 23rd of December at Elland Road into a fun day with pre-match entertainment. Will we have giant sumo wrestlers? Will we have a police dog display? That's what I want to see. Marching band, bring it all back. Well, all that is to come, but first let's update you on the league table and Leeds creeping up on those teams that are uh, above them. We obviously got the point at Manchester United, but some other significant fixtures in this weekend. Liverpool losing again, this time to Nottingham Forest, which means they are knocked off the top of the division by Arsenal who have drawn at Kenilworth Road. Speaking of Luton, 1-1 draw there is enough, though, to take them to the top of the table. Third, Spurs on 30 points behind the two leaders who are matched on 38. Uh, Palace also on 30 points, and we are just three points behind those two on 27 now, with uh, Manchester City on 26 and Man United 25, Wimbledon 24, Chelsea 23 behind us, down to mid-table. Everton next, with whoever makes it back from Algeria. In one piece, if they can get there, are three players off there with England B still suffering from the weather in Manchester. Obviously, it was beautiful in in West Yorkshire, I assume. But um, yeah, Batty Sterling and John Lukic in the England B team supposed to be meeting at an M1 service station so they can head to Luton and join up with the England players and fly out. But after making an early morning start, reports Don Waters in the Yorkshire Evening Post, Batty's problems mounted. His own car, having been broken into last week, was out of action. So his father, Alan, was driving him to the meeting point, but the atrocious weather made the journey difficult. To make matters worse, another car rammed them from behind. Neither were injured, but they were forced to return to Leeds. Batty rang England assistant manager Laurie McMenemy later in the day to apologise for not making it to Luton. He was told that the flight had been rearranged anyway. So now, this time, Batty took a... Imagine this, Batty's taken a flight from Leeds-Bradford Airport direct to Algeria, I think. I'm assuming Batty didn't pay for that himself because if he was told... Well... His, his dad would have driven him the whole way. <laughs> Not bloody paying that. Hey, speaking of this bad weather, you know, the postscript to this is trying to get back over the Pennines from Old Trafford on this day 30 years ago. It was an absolute nightmare. People ended up spending the night on the carriageway there because the conditions were so bad, climbing back up the hill to get over the tops and we had to pull into the hard shoulder we couldn't make it up that steep hill getting out of Lancashire and we got lucky in that we managed to tuck ourselves in right behind the snow plough as it first came through but we were sat there for about an hour just listening on the radio thinking we better not run out of petrol here and it was important that we got back as well because I had a very big date to be going to where was that? that was at the Idle YMCA in Bradford it was a, a birthday party um, and I made, it wasn't in any of the papers, was it? it? It didn't make the papers, but it bloody well should have done because there were some real highlights from this particular uh, this particular evening. First of all was getting back and spitting out all the lyrics to Ice Ice Baby, which was very big by Vanilla Ice in the charts at this time. One particular highlight. The other was loads of people, uh, loads of kids having to have about a week off school afterwards with food poisoning from the buffet. <laughs> and we close this podcast with you doing that rap for us now. 
All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle, etc. That's pretty good, that. Well done. Right, we'll catch you next time for the Everton game. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to actually do that. The Match Ball. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.